podcast about the art world, friendship, and everything in between. I'm Whitney Lamora, curator, producer, and immersive artist. And I'm Denise Young, curator and relational artist. This episode, we're talking about us. Us. But before we yes, before we get into that, uh, we like to start off to to talk about what we've been thinking about lately, how we're mm. doing, what's new. Yeah. So we can just jump right in. Let's jump right in. Do you want to do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm doing well. You're uh, doing so good. I'm doing well. Um, excited to be here on this podcast uh, with one of my besties here in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so good. And I'm so glad for you. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're recording on a Tuesday. This is uh, my, my Sunday essentially. So um, enjoy my day off. I've got my dog Pookie on my lap. I'm excited to be talking with you and kicking off this thing that we've been uh, chatting about for a little while. I know. Should we introduce ourselves? I was kind of maybe silly to go into how we're doing before we introduced ourselves, but I got too excited. Listen, it's called self-care. You lead with how you are before, you know, meeting everyone else's expectations. So, um, but yeah, we can bio, we can chat, we can do that. Okay. You can kick it off. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So I am Whitney Lamora. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. And I, as I said in the intro, I'm a curator, I'm a producer, I'm an immersive artist, um, and I have been in Chicago. I'm coming up on 13 years this July. So I Wait, know. that blows my mind. I know. Yeah, same. I moved here uh, two months, three months or whatever it was after I graduated college. And this is where I have been ever since. So yeah. You obviously like it to stay for this long. I mean, it's, I, you know, the thing about Chicago is, um, I mean, I've never lived anywhere else other than my uh, growing up, you know, and Chicago just continues to give. And um, I've been able to do so much and kind of reinvent myself in so many different ways, like all in the same place. Uh, and I've pretty much only lived on the same side of town. So seeing that grow and develop and and still feel like I have kind of a new opportunity or, or different way of life um, every couple of years when you relocate a little bit is, uh, I don't know, it's a special thing. It's a special thing about living in the city in general. Um, but yeah, Chicago is dope. And yeah, so far, so far, so good, I would say. <laughs> I love that. Where are you from originally, Whitney? Uh, I am originally from the St. Louis area. So I grew up in a suburb of St. Louis uh, called St. Charles. And then I went to college uh, in Southeast Missouri State University in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. So um, yeah, and then moved out of there straight, straight to here in this neighborhood. My first, the first place I crashed was uh, down Chicago Avenue, Chicago and Noble with my friend Mig. So I literally landed here in the West town neighborhood and have, have kind of left a little bit, but, but this is where I am. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. great. Look at you. What about you? Tell us about you. Yeah. So I'm Denise Young. My pronouns are she, her. I'm originally from New Mexico, which is pretty exciting. The right. land of enchantment. Um, did you make that up or is that? No, the that's the, the, the slogan for the state. I don't study the slogans for the states. 
Do you know your slogan for your state? The for Missouri or Illinois? Either. Well, Missouri is a show me state. That's com- for <laughs> for what? For why? Show me what? It's private. It's a it's a secret. Oh, you have to go. It's a secret. Okay. Uh, what is Illinois? What's our slogan? Is it, isn't it land of land of Lincoln? Oh. That's what the, some of the, maybe the license plate. We'll have to fact check. I don't know. We'll, fa- <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to you. Episode two, hot episode takes. Two, hot, uh, for the show notes, uh, what's the, the uh, slogan for Illinois? We've already got homework. Oh, God. Okay. New Mexico, um, land of enchantment. The land of enchantment. And I, yeah, I'm a relational artist and a curator. Apparently I curate things, okay. which is super cool. It's a race that uh, cur- that, I'm a, or that uh, apparently and just own it. Well, I just think I'm always like, I got to own it. And it it's a new title for me that I'm often like, oh yeah, I'm a curator with a capital C. That's right. <laughs> okay. At least you know um, how it's spelled. That's the first step. That's right. I'm a curator with a K. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a relational artist first and foremost. And yeah. What else about me? I really love working with people. I love relational art in the sense that art is people are the, what activates the space. And it's like a painter. If they didn't have any paint, they wouldn't be able to make a painting. And with, for me, I'm like with my art, if there weren't any people to activate my work, it would just be silly and dumb. So I like to, yeah, make installations and work that involves others and helps them think about their own life and their own reflective space. And my current project is about shredding emotions. So people who can come around and offload a little bit of their burdens to a shredder that just sips them away. Um, so I like Cute. to play that role of burden, burden holder, burden manager, um, which burden is really holder fun. burden. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's another title. I mean, that's, that's wild. When I'm curious, when did you first hear the term relational or relational art? Because you, you, me meeting you was the first time that I had heard it in that way. And I'm like, so much clicked for me because I was coming from the immersive world. Um, and that's, immersive and kind of the the three or four you know themes and references and words around that I had never heard relational and I was like that's exactly what we do so yeah when did you hear it or did you make it up oh I wish I made it up (laughs) the whole there's a whole book on relational aesthetics by Nicholas Boriard who's like a French philosopher so I first heard it in college from um a professor a grad teaching fellow john c gonzalez shout out okay. to him for a shout out let's go first shout out john c gonzalez one of my favorite artists he was a grad teaching fellow my freshman year we only had to take one required class freshman like for our, our art studio classes and it was called core at the time i went to school of the museum of fine arts in boston and we had no grades in our classes for art it was like pass fail it was very sure. wild <laughs> yeah like montessori um, school right isn't that 100%. what montessori is where you're like what do you feel like doing today kids yeah and they're like I'm gonna play with the sand that's exactly how the museum school was wow and except for our academic classes which were a little bit more a little bit more structured but I mean I did take my science technology class my senior year like my one prerequisite I took like a costume class like costume technology that was my Mm -hmm. like science technology class so like the ways to like maneuver around were crazy but anyway John Gonzalez he taught me just a lot about relational art and was like, yeah, anything can be art. And like what we're doing in this classroom is art. And 
art through pedagogy and art for social change, kind of these terms were conceptually what was being floated around my school a lot and very conceptual art. And I just was surrounded by very radically soft teachers who just wanted to make a performance art or a relational art or installation that was genuine and full of generosity. And so I think that's where my formation of it came from. Mm. That's so nice. And the complete opposite of my college experience. So I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I want to hear more about that because there was definitely non-generous artists in my college. Like one, ooh, okay. Oh. One, one class I was in uh, was a, it was like an ephemeral sculpture class. So it was all about like making non-permanent work in this relational space. So it was supposed to be like from one of the teachers that was very generous in her teaching practice. And uh, one student did this piece where we all had to sign like uh, terms of agre- terms of agreement. Like, you know, we just like signed these terms of agreement that said like, if we had been arrested, we probably shouldn't be a part of this project. If like all these uh, like specifications, and then they sent it, they emailed us a haiku with all the TSA watch words in it. So then they put us on the TSA watch list and that was like the whole piece. What? And I was like, this is not generous, but we all signed the terms of agreement, just like you would click any who's who reads all of those, like for Apple or for, it was a wild, that happened so many years ago and that still makes me mad. And I still talk about it. So the piece maybe made an impact, but yeah, clearly. Wow. Clearly. Yeah. Wow. That's, I want to go to your college now. You could, could I mean, not, not to come on, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> too early to talk about my, my my feelings around grad school. Okay. okay. <laughs> Tell me about your college. Why was your college experience wasn't as generous or wasn't as well, I was in a theater program. So I um I started, we were just talking about this like two days ago. I and I was like, as, pause. Let's also talk about how Whitney originally was an education major. I was originally an education major. Yeah. My favorite thing in high school, like the thing that I got the most satisfaction out of and that I cared the most about was uh, the, uh, speech and debate. And so um, I did the performance side of speech and debate. Um, I dipped my toes a couple of times and debate was not for me. Um, required <laughs> too much research and too much uh, unemotion. So Um, but yeah, my best friend and I in high school, uh, competitively, uh, acted together, um, in what was known as uh, in our state, it's a little bit different state to state, but in our state was known as duo. Um, and it was this really interesting art form of 10 minutes of performance where you told a whole story where you were not allowed to physically interact with each other. Um, and you could have no props and like just the inventiveness that came out of it. Like I, I just, I was floored always by the teams that were very good at it. Um, and certain high schools had very specific, I mean, if you, if you were a part of the team, you had a coach, but there was people who were like professional level. Like we, we choreographed this performance for you. Like, you know, you have to execute it and stuff. And we were, I was part of a much scrappier program. Um, but we went pretty, we went pretty far and we were pretty successful and I cared about it so much that I just wanted it to, to continue for me. And you can compete competitively in some college levels, but my college didn't have it. And so I just wanted to do it forever and I wanted to coach people in it. And so that's, why I started as a theater education major 
um, in the hopes that when I left, I would, I would join a, a high school that had a, a debate program. Um, and then was pretty quickly bored by that. Um, in addition to auditioning for my first play, like you could, anybody could audition for the plays that were happening in school. And, uh, I was accepted and, and, or granted a very small role in Romeo and Juliet. Um, I was, I was up for Juliet, um, but it went to a senior as it should have. Um, and even though I guess Juliet is supposed to be like 14, you know, so maybe I was closer to you Juliet. You should have gotten Juliet. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you brought that up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so the, the theater department people were just like, you could be a major here. And, and so eventually I, I, I did, um, and it, so our, my degree was in acting and directing. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I was mostly just concerned about all of the, the major productions of the year. And then, you know, so much of it was like theater history and, um, you know, the technical classes that went with that and dance and um, directing and, and all of that. So it was just very much like, here's the curriculum, you know? Um, and I really, really, really loved my time there. Um, my school was, I, I had this like great joy of they, they built a new art arts campus while I was there. And so I got like kind of half old school and half brand new, like beautiful new, um, campus. Uh, and, and so, yeah, the school cared a lot about the arts and about this like liberal corner of the campus while being in one of the most not liberal towns there can be. So, you know, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, it was just much more rigid and much more like um, studious, I guess, than, than yours. There was not a lot of uh, super individual expression because all of it went back to like working on scene work and working on, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that are, that like specifically existed and prepping yourself to go out into the world of theater. And so there wasn't a lot of like, write your own thing, express yourself. However, like it was just very much like, here's the canon, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Our school was very much like every semester you could just choose to be a different type of artist if you wanted. So wow. it was about like what kind of discipline you wanted to put into your practice which yeah. is a very different way of working. You could be very cat, like you could graduate. Sometimes I feel like I graduated with no skills and just like a, mm. a way of learning how to think mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, it's so fun to learn how to do woodworking and drawing, even though I did neither of those things. <laughs> but um, yeah, so when I came out, I was like, I'm a video artist and a relational artist. And these two things have very distinguished through lines. And then I think as I've gotten older and just like let my work flow in different ways they've become more together and the relational work has become like I think for a while I was like my video work is like emo and sad and internal and reflective and about like depression and sadness and my relational work is about like being happy and making friends and joy and all of these things and I think now I'm trying to remember that I'm like one person. I think what we talk a lot about is like wholeness and becoming like one whole human. And instead of like compartmentalizing, which I've, I've done all my life, I think through my faith journey, I think through my art journey, I think through my like work practice of just like compartmentalizing so much to 
please people. I think I've just like always been like a people pleaser. So I think my art coming together has been like a helpful thing to be like, oh, I'm just one Denissa and I can be one Denissa to all the people and that's okay. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like a hard, somehow that didn't fit into my brain before. It's still not fitting sometimes. (laughs) Well, sure. I also think like, you know, you were given such a gift in the training that you had, you know, I think I struggled when, so I, I moved to Chicago and did six years of storefront theater. So I, I played the game and I auditioned and tried as hard as I could to take off or establish myself or become a company member or be known break out in the, in the storefront theater scene for, for six years. And that's, you know, that's not nothing. Um, before I totally stepped away from it, um, in, and started pursuing my own thing. And because I had, I think because I had such a rigid training and because I, I couldn't, I wasn't really aware of a lot of different ways that I could still express myself other than like, well, I know how to do plays and I can do plays, but it costs so much. It's, you know, it requires so many people and uh, like stepping away was really scary because I, I had no, no other tools that I knew of, you know, like I've learned a lot of different tools since then. And I was, I so easily defined the artwork that I did, you know, like I'm an actor, like that's, that's period, you know, and like people know what that is and, you know, they, they may or may not know theater and, and everything that goes into it. But, you know, I think you've been given a great gift because as you will continue to grow and age and, and your art preferences will change, like you, you are already open to that, right? Like you're, you don't have to like shut yourself down into like whatever you, you learned before. And I think a lot of people in my position, I've seen so many people like exit out of theater and like never do anything again, you know? And I think some of it is because it's an exhaustive practice that requires so much for so little. Um, Sometimes, of course, not always, but then also I think it is because it's so defined, Um, you know, and I, and I have seen a ton of people like myself, like exit out of storefront theater, dip their toe back in here and there, um, and then do something adjacent, you know, whether it's burlesque performance, whether it's small scale immersive work, like I do, you know, or starting their own companies or doing, you know, whatever, um, but I do think a lot of people get stuck in that definition and, and it's so black and white that even as creatives, you're like, I can't think of anything else, you know? Whereas if you have training like yours, that's like art is everything and anything you could possibly do creatively is enough or considered a form of expression. Like, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was really great. I'm, I'm still paying for it, but it, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Like actually with money. Yeah. Financially, I'm still. Yeah. 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 Um, well, let's talk. Should we, should we shift a little bit to how we met and why we're here talking at each other? Because um, New Mexico and St. Louis quite a ways apart. Totally. A hundred percent. Let's do it. Um, the beautiful project Locus brought us together. True. Yeah. And the beautiful space, the Martin. Yeah. How about it? You know? Mm-hmm um the end that's how it happened yeah moving on all right wonderful no and social media so I guess I could start from my end because I think it's really funny uh what happened so Whitney Whitney put out a call 
for a curatorial assistant on Instagram, which I was following Locus and the Martin because that's what you do if you live in Chicago and you know it's cool. Uh, you follow these two entities. And uh, I was like, I'm going to apply because sometimes I like to take think I'm a joke <laughs> and apply to things as a joke uh, because I don't think I'll get them. And I think it's funny to be funny. So I clicked on the Google form and I was like, how easy peasy is this? Um, I will just put my name. I'll talk about connection. I'll just talk about my email. And, you know, I will say cute things about myself that are true. And Bobbity Boopy said that. I'm going to never get a response because this thing is a big entity that uh, probably doesn't have time for people who's taking themselves not too seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Apply to anything ever because I don't I, I don't take myself that seriously, nor do I think it's that big of an entity. And your application stood out. I mean, you, I think just, just such a, a reason that we are, uh, I think both close friends as, as human beings, but also as, you know, so complimentary together as artists, because like we both care about the aesthetic, you know, and that stands out. And that's something that I look for and rarely find, you know, I think people are really, really good at being artists and not really great at like potentially like representing themselves or representing themselves fully. And that's because all they can do is give to their art or whatever. But your work is so presentational, you know, that I was like, this is what I do. Okay, nice. You know, um, and your yeah, your phone, your phone project was like, I got to know everything about this. And, <laughs> you know, it was such a huge motivator uh, to have me call you in. So thank you for doing it. So huh. um yeah, I was super surprised whenever she like emailed me back right away. And she was like, would you like to have a meeting this week? And I was like, oh, it really does pay to be yourself. And to like, I don't know, not that I, I took it. I was all jokes aside. It was like a real application that I filled out the whole thing and tried hard. But I think it's something I think as artists, we just sometimes think everything is out of our league or like nobody cares about us when really when we just put our effort into it, we can do anything. Um yeah. And what was super fun is I saw on the Martin's website or Instagram that they were having a, I don't, I don't remember what series you were doing, but Siobhan O'Loughlin was on, which is a mutual, uh, she's a mutual friend of ours. And I was like, this world is so small. Like I, okay. Like maybe I can, and I like roll, I don't know. I was like, maybe I can do this. And I rolled in with like a really cool outfit that I was very proud of that later my friends were like, yeah, you look really good. And I was like, I interviewed for a curatorial assistant job. Can you believe it? Like, look at me. I'm yes. just trying to make it in the Chicago world, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, speaking of which I think my, so I've only been in Chicago. It'll be two years in July, which is not that long. Mm -hmm. um, and my first year was focused around like a romantic relationship that was really great, but, um, shifted and we broke up or whatever. But, um, so my, my community had changed so much. And so I was looking for new people to be around. And mm -hmm. I was like, just really grateful for this opportunity to be like, Oh, if Siobhan trusts this person, Whitney, then I can like trust this person. And I, and they have this beautiful space. So maybe something magical could happen. And I was like, I was, my palms were sweating in that interview Aww. for sure. Same. Not because of you. I just think I was just nervous. Oh, I'm always nervous when I interview anyone because I'm like, I don't know. Am I going to, I'm mostly like, am I going to ask enough right questions that I determine that this person is a good person to uh, work with instead of just be my friend? So <laughs> um, no, yeah. So 
as will be revealed throughout this uh, podcast, I am a projects um, addict, active, active, not recovering, will never recover. I hope not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I interviewed Siobhan through, um, for four years, I held, uh, an accountability club. And so I led a goal oriented community, um, that started as like one group out of my living room and later grew to four groups, um, some virtually some in person. And the last year that I did it, I added an additional, like component to that club that then was also a public component called the speaker series. And so um, the whole idea was to interview people who are who are doing things in the realm of goals that the members were setting. So um, we talked to a therapist, I talked to Siobhan as a performance artist and an activist. Um, I talked to, yeah, just so many different people about just what they do kind of for an hour. And so um, but yeah, we can, we can, we will, Siobhan will, will be brought up many a time, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, for this particular project, so Locus I created um, in 2019, we're coming up on June will be two years uh, since my first opening for Locus. And I'm currently in development of my 10th exhibition for Locus. Which Did is you hear her? Y'all 10. 10. And we were in a pandemic during that time. Oh, Locust thrived during the pandemic. Locust was my my pandemic pivot that like I poured all of my heart and soul into as I was unemployed for a year. Um, and yeah, and so, yeah, but actually perfectly. So I, I kind of doubled down on Locust during the pandemic and the whole concept is um, an anonymous pairing of, and an, taking artists from different mediums and anonymously pairing them in creative conversations. So for the first nine iterations, it was visual artists um, anonymously paired with literary artists and it would switch every time who started the process, who would respond with original artwork. Um, And of course it's me. So I like just kept (laughs) growing it and adding more and more elements to it. And then when it became a virtual show over 2020 into 2021, um, I took it internationally in the sense of it was still online, but I opened it to international artists um, and it was awesome. And I created a board, we started a micro grant program um, and I was clipping at this like wild pace of doing it every quarter. Now, again, when I'm just at home and I'm building it, privately in my home because as my job, basically I could, I could handle it. And then once I opened the Martin in June of reopened the Martin, that is in June of 2021, um, the same night that I reopened my doors for my physical exhibition opening, which was separate from Locus was the same night that that Locus exhibition was virtually opening. So I even, I had to like close myself in in the bathroom to like make social media posts because I had so many people in my space. (laughs) This virtual show was launched and I was like, oh my God, I need immediate help. And so, um, so I put out a call pretty immediately for the next, for the next iteration, because I had essentially made this promise, not only to my board, but to Locus as an entity that I would do it quarterly for all of 2021. Um, and so I still had two more shows to go and I'm like, I can't, I can't do it by myself. Um, and, and that's how we met and I brought you on 
And I mean, same thing. Like I, you know, after I talked to you, I texted Siobhan and I was like, yo, I just met with Denissa. You worked with her. Like, she seems awesome. Please tell me she's awesome. Like, please don't tell me she's like, she like secretly sucks, you know? (laughs) She was like, oh my God, you have found it. Like, go, go, go. The best, the best. No, nothing negative to say that I could pot- like even think of at all. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. That's the vibe I was picking up too. But you know, you just never know. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, working with you has been, and I, I hope always will be such a breeze. We immediately like kind of got each other and, um, you know, that show, that show was a success and we worked together on the next Locust show. And then I just started asking you to come in to help me hang stuff. And the rest is history, baby. I know it's been so fun, which also leads us to how we named this podcast because (laughs) projects lead to friendship leads to other projects leads to like, let's improve the space. Let's, you know, we need to make, um, we need to make a curtain is what really happened. (laughs) Here's the thing. We needed Here's to the make thing. a curtain. We needed to make a curtain. So I have some minor sewing skills. Uh I have made some projects of my own. Um and so Whitney was like, you know how to sew, right? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I can sew a nine foot by <laughs> whatever foot curtain. That's right. Um, so we went to the fabric outlet in Pilsen. If anyone knows that place. Shout out. Is- amazing. I don't even know what it's really called. Like can't discount, shout it out because we don't know discount, the title. Discount fabric outlet or something mm-hmm. on whatever street in Pilsen. And you'll if you know, you know. Um <laughs> so we go and we're experiencing like full project runway status. Like we got to make this. What colors are we doing? Mm-hmm. Pulling out like bolts of fabric. And mm-hmm. Whitney comes to this like beautiful pink in my mind, I'm thinking like, she just wants like a, like a theater black curtain. Like she just wants something very simple. And she was like, no, 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 we're not, we're not basic here. How we not? want a beautifully pink curtain. And I was like, yes. And we didn't know how much fabric we only knew the measurements. And mm-hmm. then we sewed that beautiful curtain. But when we got to the place, what did the door say? I don't know why sometimes things just make me laugh. You know, and I think every person listening to this will be like, duh, it's called reactions. But I am not, and I don't pride myself in this, but I'm not the easiest laugh. And we walked up to this door and it had just typed out, like someone hastily typed out in such bold letters due to the current situation and just taped it on the door. And on the other door was like COVID protocols. So we were still under our mask mandate and like doing the whole thing. And I just thought it was so fucking funny due to the current situation. (laughs) And I'm like, isn't this perfect? Isn't this just like the perfect way to say this and just laughed and laughed. And then I'm like, what else can we like use this for? Like due to the current situation, X, Y, Z. And then it just sparked this, this inspiration that whenever we found these like hastily typed sign, these terribly no design signage signages on uh, businesses, as we, as we came across them, we would send them to each other and just say, due to the current situation. But I think the next one I sent you was uh, on a business that's in this neighborhood and they just typed out in like the biggest letters ever and taped it on their door. We sell cigarettes. Like that's <laughs> it. 
And so I think it's hilarious saying due to the current situation, as in this pandemic, this political environment, every fucking thing, we're selling cigarettes here now and you should come and buy them. (laughs) And that's how I read everything that's just like hastily typed and thrown on a door. So when we talked about getting together and making a podcast, I'm like, do we make it due to the current situation? Because that's hilarious to me. And that's what we did. And that's what we're doing. And this is the first episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Boom. Spoilers. <laughs> um, That's so so funny. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't think you were not an easy laugh. I'm not an easy laugh. Maybe no. I just, I just cut you up all the time. So I just yeah, you're I feel privileged. Mm-hmm. No, every partner I've ever had tells me like how much joy it brings them when they can make me laugh because I don't do it. I do feel quite funny when I make you laugh. Yeah. And I don't like that. It's not like I'm like, Ooh, I'm holding back. So you I like to be stone cold. Right. I just, I don't know. I think I'm so critical and I'm also just always in my head so much, um, that when something really gets me, it really gets me. And I delight in that quite a bit. Um, yeah, but you know, I hope to loosen up in the future. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I'll be an easier laugh. We'll see. Um, so, so yeah, so I proposed to Denissa, not romantically. You can't see it, but I'm holding hands. Um, I was just like, what do you want to start a podcast and talk about art? Because I love beautiful, concentrated conversations and Denissa's outside of my partner, Dennis is one of the only people that I consistently have those conversations with in real life. And so I knew it would just be so easy to like drop into it in general. And I'm glad you said yes. Thanks for inviting me. This is the best. Oh my God. All right. Do you want to talk about what we're going to talk about? How we're doing this thing? Yeah. We're just going to talk about topics every week, art, friendship, and everything in between. Everything in between. Uh, and we'll be dropping podcasts every week, which will be really fun. Yep. You can yep. find them on all the, all the platforms in which you find podcasts. We have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Current situation podcast. Yeah, she's nodding. It's a, it's a nod situation. <laughs> yes, current situation podcast. There it is. Double follow check. it, like it, follow it. But yeah, I mean, we are... You know, I run the Martin. We'll talk more about the Martin in future episodes. We don't need to give a whole bio of everything in this one, but um, that is my gallery event space um, that I run and manage as my daytime and nighttime job. So all the time job, 100% of the time, (laughs) it's my job. Um, And so I have a lot of programming, obviously, that I'm curating, that I'm bringing in, that other people are renting, that I'll be talking about um, just in kind of the experience of it and, uh, you know, the execution of it, talking about different uh, experiences and install and curation and, uh, you know, everything that can go super right and super wrong in this world. Um, And then Dennis and I both, uh, you know, go and experience a fair amount of things throughout the city um, and in our travels. And so I think we'll talk about that talk about individual artists that we are working with, are collaborating with, are inspired by. Um, and then I know, Denissa, you're, you're involved with a few other organizations. If you want to shout out any of them and who, yeah, we might, I, who, who we might be hearing about from your end. Yeah, from my end, I also uh, volunteer, bartend, and hang out uh, at the Long Gallery, which is very fun in the Humboldt Park area. Mm-hmm. I Homies, work for- Shout out. 
Momies, yes. I work for an art and faith nonprofit. And so I bring some direction and leadership to about 30 to 50 other artists across the U.S. So we can hear a little bit about that if people are interested. Um, Yeah. And got to hear about all of our adventures here in Chicago and our friendship as it continues to grow and blossom. Hopefully the weather in Chicago will get better uh, so we can venture outside to outdoor things. I love outdoor things. Yes. So great. Um, yeah. So every episode, I mean, we've been given some shout outs throughout, um, but you know, every episode we're going to end with a shout out. So shout outs to like people or things or things that we're liking, um, and loving in our life. Um, so maybe is there, is there anything you want to shout out before we wrap up here for today on our first episode? Yes. You can't have an, a podcast about art without mentioning Edris Soto, even Obviously. just for a second. So uh, I'm actually currently dog sitting for her. So cute. shout out to her two dogs, Foster and Soul, who are shout out. super cute. And if you know their third dog, Ita, is on mm-hmm. vacation with them. Um, shout out to all three of them and our sweet Edra. Anything you want to shout out? Um, well, speaking of dogs, Pookie is on my lap here. I got a shout out Pookie. Um, I love her. She's my best friend, um, outside of you and my partner, um, of course. Um, and she spent most of summer 2020 on my lap. So we've really got this whole, this whole thing down. Otherwise, um, I want to shout out the book that I'm finishing today. Um, I'm a huge reader. I read every single morning, um, And reading is a huge inspiration to my artistic life. It's where I get a lot of ideas, where I get a lot of inspirations. um, And generally, I think makes me uh, more of a grounded and interesting person. But I'm finishing a very buzzy book right now that I think will definitely be like top in the top 10 of of my books of the year. So it's called Trust. Um, And the author is, I'm, I'm hoping to say his name right if I don't. I'll correct it. The next um, is Hernan Diaz. And he has written one other novel and uh, which I have on request by the library. How about shout out to Chicago Public Library. I would not read as much without just getting free book after free book. Why are we, we do not deserve the library. We don't as humans. We for do what not. We've and the done, space. And the space it provides for people to like the, be physically. The, the resources. The printing, the museum passes. I know the library. Endless, endless. Um, so yeah, I'm just loving this book. It's it's a lot about um, the power of money and really um, how women are brilliant and uh, run the world. So you know, read it. It's, it's just, it's so lyrical and beautiful and language in books is really important to me. And it's, it's hitting a lot of things and it's also very smart. Um, so that's my shout out books, Pookie, Chicago public library. <laughs> what a great, that sounds like a, like it'd be like a great rap. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Um, I think that's it. I think that feels good for our intro episode. What do you think? I think so too. Amazing. Well, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, Um, I think for a while, we're just going to cruise on this me and Denissa platform. Hopefully in the future, we'll uh, bring on some other folks to talk about art with. But if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you're curious about, send us a note, DM us, talk to us in real life. 
uh, and we'll work it into a future episode. Thanks for joining uh, due to the current situation. That's right. See you all next time. Bye. Bye.